Welcome back to True Democrats. This is November 5th, two days after our general election here in the United States, 2020, and we still do not have an official president-elect or re-elected Donald Trump as president for the next four years, although we are moving closer to that decision. Arizona is kind of uh, moving away from uh, Donald Trump, uh, heading toward uh, Joe Biden as it stands, although we still got a lot of counting in Arizona to do. Georgia is uh, heading toward uh, Joe Biden as well. Um, So that's moving. But we still do not have uh, concrete results. I may not know for the day. And it is uh, still quite depressing that it is this close. But uh, once again, I find that the Democratic campaigning across this country in the Senate races and in the general election for president is just uh, poor, poor and bad. And I think they're sticking with everything else. But everybody will tell me, but Joe Biden, he'll win the election. He'll be in the White House. Well, that's all in good. But uh, he's going to have a heck of a time governing this country if he does not have a majority in the Senate, which he will not. The only thing we can hope for now is that we have a 50-50 split and we have Kamala Harris as the vice president will be able to vote on that split, which helps the economy. It helps the budget. The Democrats will have the, uh, there's two reasons why that's good, but it's uh, not great. It's good because we will have the upper edge in a budget battle. You don't need uh, a majority, 60 votes to get uh, the budget up on the floor to vote for. You just need a a majority. And the Democrats will have that with the vice president as the uh, tiebreaker. So the budget will have some sort of uh, pressure on, will have some sort of advantage. The other is that we will be in control of what comes to the floor. Now, needless to say, uh, we'll have some sort of control over the Committees will have control over what uh, what we can investigate, I suppose. We can have some sort of investigation over Trump's shenanigans through his four years and a lack of oversight by the Republicans, although it'll be a tight 50-50 race, but we'll be able to set those up at least. I mean, we probably won't uh, get anything done again because the uh, Republicans will have a 50-50 balance in that uh, in the Senate. But at least we won't have uh, Republicans pushing uh, ridiculous committees to investigate nonsense like they did in the um, Libya consulate where the uh, diplomat got killed and blamed Hillary Clinton for that. They won't uh, pull another whitewater. Um, they won't pull any more... Uh, He's Joe Biden's son working in uh, Ukraine. So they'll at least be on an even playing field with the Democrats. We can stop that. But as far as getting any kind of legislation going uh, for schools, for wages, for, um, well, that's not necessarily true. What uh, The Democrats are poor at planning, poor at strategizing. I don't think any of them are, well, I mean, we don't have anybody in power yet. We don't have the Democratic leadership in power yet. And I got to say, we have to get the Democrats to rethink and re-vote in new leadership because this is just 
pathetic. The, Demo- the Republican Party is at its weakest link. I mean, you thought they were weak after they got this country under attack in 2001. I mean, we've been in the middle of an economic collapse with the pandemic going through with probably the most corrupt president this country's ever seen, and they cannot win a major blowout in an election. And that's just, that's just poor. And uh, the constituents have to get tired. I mean, this, we have, as Democratic constituents, as, as registered Democrats, those incumbents who are coming up for re-election, there has to be challenges because we need to get them out because they're completely useless. These are leather-bound chair Democrats who are comfortable in their chair and don't want to stand up for the American people. Not only for their constituents, they don't want to go in and battle into these red states, which, believe it or not, I'm a guy in Jersey. My health care is affected by the way those boys in Tennessee vote. My health care is affected by the way the people in Alabama vote. You know, I'm my premiums are going up because the people in Mississippi are voting Republican who are keeping insurance away from the people in, in uh, the citizens of Mississippi. So therefore, my insurance rates go up, my premiums go up because the pool is not deep enough so that all of our premiums can go down. So listen, these Mississippians are in bad shape because they're not getting the insurance and the, and the Republicans are not letting them get any insurance. But my premiums are affected too. All of us in the blue states are affected. The Republicans, on the other hand, have been uh, planning and strategizing for 40 or 50 years. They decided they've paid enough taxes, that there's enough regulation on businesses. They've established the Heritage Foundation, which is completely pro-business, pro-corporation, anti-individual citizen. It's funny how all these red states, anti-government They want individual freedoms, but you're not getting individual freedom with this Republican Party because basically you lost all your rights to corporations and businesses. You can't, if somebody makes a mistake and you get killed because of it, you can't sue. They have immunity, these corporations and businesses. That's what the Supreme Court is going to, if it gets to a Supreme Court challenge, that's what they're going to say. But the Republicans have been planning this and they've been patiently pounding, pounding, pounding that message and it's getting to these voters and it's gotten to these voters in the red states. And part of this, because it all can't be pro-corporate, these uh, individuals out there in the uh, red states, the southern states are not pro-corporate. You know, they think business, they think that the that less taxes and less re- regulation on businesses is going to create jobs, which it doesn't. Every time the Republicans can have complete control of the federal government, Job rates decrease, GDP decreases, and we run into an economic collapse. But what they also have on their side is they've taken the side of of abortion, which is a joke. All these uh, right-wing business pro, business uh, Republicans are not against abortion. Uh, They go against, uh, they go against gays, homosexuals, same-sex marriage. So these white, heterosexual males and, and for, the more, for somewhat uh, females are against that. They feel that that's against the Bible, which is nonsense. So they've taken on these cultural wars, which have helped 
spread the Republican message throughout these red states. But that's not the primary. The, the majority, the, the engine running the Republican Party could care less about same-sex marriage, could care less about abortion, could care less. Well, I think they're pretty racist also. I think uh, they don't want any competition. They don't want uh, blacks or Latinos competing for them in business or in these corporations. That's why the corporate culture has not changed much in the 20 years that uh, they've even talked about. Now they call it the, the cancer culture. Cancel, excuse me, the cancel culture. They call, about, they call it the politically correct culture, which in essence is telling these right-wingers that no, you can't talk bad, you can't demean other races, you can't demean homosexuals, you can't demean uh, people who are less fortunate, uh, people with disabilities. That's basically what political correctness is. And so of two centuries of putting down and saying, oh, the white man is more, is better than you, all of a sudden they can't say that anymore. And that has caught fire in the corporate culture. What some people, I guess, would say was would be a backlash in these red states that they're voting against that. But it's not ebbing the tide or flow of it at, at all. I mean, as a matter of fact, the Me Too movement, the women for looking for equal rights in the, in the workplace and less abuse, sexual harassment, uh, has picked up since the Trump, uh, since Trump has taken over the White House and his shenanigans have been brought to light and his shenanigans in, these, in the cor- corporate culture. It's an amazing parallel that's happening where this Trump has battled. I mean, he's lost close to 4 million. He lost this uh, election by close to 4 million votes. But a lot of people voted for him. And it's a strange parallel in the fact that you have the Me Too movement, politically correct, stop degrading Native Americans, the Latinos, uh, Black Lives Matter. These people are speaking out which is good. They're trying to get onto an even playing field with the white culture that has predominated, that has dominated this uh, country since its uh, beginning. And it seems to be kind of a battle back and forth. One does not have the edge. Uh, uh, this, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic in the fact that we're basically neck and neck where you're not going to find, I mean, it's quite obvious, you're not going to find any sympathy for this Black Lives Movement for uh, giving Native Americans an even playing field in giving uh, homosexuals and gays equal rights. You're not going to find that in these predominantly white states, which have overwhelmingly voted for Trump. Idaho, uh, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Kentucky. But you have the advantage in the fact that you support, the Democrats support the foundations that were a major foundation in the early 20th century, Social Security, Medicare, health care, school system. You know, it blows my mind that the Democratic Party did not emphasize school and teachers in Tennessee, in Kentucky, in Kansas, I mean, two, three years ago, they were having protests and walkout and labor disputes because those countries, those states just diminished the amount of money uh, 
for the school systems. And the teachers were fed up. The teachers don't get the right pay. And the Democrats didn't even use that as an issue in these, in these areas. The Democrats have failed to strategize. And, you need, and they're going to come up with new leadership. I hope they come up with new leadership. I mean, there has to be an outcry for changing the guard in the Democratic Party. And they have to start strategizing. And they got to go into these red states and don't be scared. And they got to do it, these grassroots movements, based on education. Again, they got health care. But they have to start. The energy thing is also in these uh, rich oil states and in West Virginia. Those are uh, Democratic in name only, but they vote uh, conservative. But you got to get the coal company. You have to try to get the coal companies or the people who work for the coal companies, the miners, not only unionized so that they get either a piece of the pie, they can get uh, full coverage, but also get them out of the coal companies so they... Their health benefits go up, meaning physically. I mean, these uh, guys have such lung disease, it's disgusting. And to move and to try to get these, uh, this state and all these oil-dependent states to move into cleaner air. You have to have a policy. You have to have a strategy. You have to form the phrases and the rhetoric to connect with these voters and to try to change. They should have done that. I mean, this was the the time to do it, but uh, you're going to have to start climbing up a a tougher hill. But that's the Republicans have been strategizing this. They've uh, for 40 years, the Democrats have got to come up with a program with a group who's who, who are able to strategize long term and to start in this next election to get these hardworking Americans in the red states who are just totally their beliefs are in the wrong area and the, and in some reason they allow these republicans to keep their wages down and their health care away from them that's why this uh election was uh quite depressing now along the same track something scares me big time with uh joe biden as uh, president of the united states and it's uh it's the same trap i don't know if it's trap or maybe just a lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding whose team you are on. But Joe Biden, I hope, does not take the same route as President Obama, where the Republicans who are going to... Now Joe Biden is in the White House. The Republicans are going to care about the deficit. That's going to be their main thing. And this is an old record that they keep playing in the... Democrats keep falling into the same trap. We got They're going to say, we got to get the deficit down. So what do we have to do? We have to stop spending. Again, I think I said this uh, in the last show, the Democrats keep playing with, with the Republican rules. No, we can bring the deficit down, but it's not spending that we have to cut. We have to start getting tax money in here. And that means the corporations... The businesses, the millionaires, billionaires have to pay their taxes and dues to this country. That's how we're going to keep the deficit down, and that's how we create jobs. But for the Democrats are so scared of this tax issue that they go and they play along and they get in the boat and they take the Republican tide with them. 
they let the Republican tie take them wherever they want to, where the Republican wants to take the Democrats. And so Obama, President Obama, is negotiating with the leadership of the Republican Party to cut our benefits and to cut our pay and Social Security and raising our, our age. And yet Social Security and Medicare is what we pay into. And the Republicans call that entitlements. That's not entitlements. Entitlements is when tax money goes to support these million-dollar business corporations. That's an entitlement. And that's what the Democrats have got to focus on and have got to attack. They need an issue for these two years before the midterm elections that they can go solidly with strong ammunition into these red states and to say, listen, this is what we're doing. We're trying to get these corporations to pay their taxes so we can get Americans hired to fix the infrastructure for this country. The Republicans don't care about the infrastructure of this country. The Republicans don't care about basically this country. They care about the millionaires, billionaires, and corporations not paying any more money than they have to. They don't want to pay any money, I guarantee it, back to this country. I mean, it's amazing. How did President Trump get all these votes and he did not pay any taxes to this country? I mean, that's another theme we have to come up with. Whatever happened to sacrifice for your country, whatever happened to everybody putting in tax money so that this country can get uh, stronger. But that's who, we, who we're dealing with. We have to know who we're dealing with, and we have to know, we do know who this Mitch McConnell is and how he is going to operate. This Mitch McConnell is America's little Stalin. I mean, he is a gunslinger. He's got the nerves of a gunslinger. And he's got the face of a poker player champion. And part of that, part of his strength is that he does not care what people think about him. If people call him an American or anti-American, he just does not care. He is strictly focused on the goal. And the goal is immunity for the corporations and businesses No paying taxes for the millionaires, billionaires, and corporations, period. And that the corporations can do anything they want in order to make as much money as they can. That's what the corporation is, and he makes sure that they run free. When Obama had 200 seats open for the federal judgeship, McConnell wouldn't let one nominee get be up for a vote or a hearing or anything else for two years. At least, was it at least two years? Maybe more. So a lot of their businesses, court businesses, weren't able to get in front of the court because there wasn't enough justices, but it didn't bother O'Connell. The operation of this country is not what concerns him, and he could care less if you keep mentioning it to him, which tells you something about him. He's got nerves of steel, and of course... Again, I'll mention it again. The business of this country is not important to him. It's, it's corporations and businesses. And he filled it during the Trump age with these corporate lawyers that now support businesses over people, corporations over individuals. And we also know, talking about nerves of steel and focused, is that when Obama got elected, 
he came out and said it. I mean, he wasn't even shy about it, that his job is to make President Obama a one-term president. And he did all he can to slow up the uh, Obamacare, to try to derail it. He did everything. So Joe Biden has got to see this and know who Mitch McConnell is. You cannot negotiate. If you're negotiating with him, you better make sure that we, you, you better make sure that you are, if you're going to negotiate with Mitch McConnell, two things. Number one, you better hold on to what the Democrats believe in and don't give it up. And that's Social Security and Medicare. That's not negotiable. That's not on the table. Don't mess with that. Joe Biden has got to see that. He's got to, that's how his attitude has got to go into these negotiations. Number two, the only way to negotiate with Mitch McConnell is to get rid of his role in power. He's got his hands on the, on the reins of power, and you've got to take that away from him. The only way to do that, and you have to get into this mentality, the Democrats, you have to beat these Republicans in red states, and you have to start your strategy now. Joe Biden has, has got to start leading the Democratic Party in a way to get policy that, that can break the, the stronghold in the Republican Party. Whether it's renewable energy, whether it's Social Security, whether it's teachers, he's got to go to the teachers' unions for help. I mean, he's got to put it out there and make it public and have some conviction Part of the problem with the last election is there was no conviction for the average worker to specify his needs, the average worker's needs. I mean, he goes to Pennsylvania, uh, all these, uh, I mean, in Ohio. You have to talk about infrastructure and spending money on infrastructure that creates jobs. Americans working for America creates jobs. We're going to spend tax money. These millionaires, billionaires have got to pay their dues and taxes so that we can build an infrastructure and stop borrowing money from China. We're supposed to be the richest nation on the planet, yet we're borrowing money from China. We run a deficit. We're poor. We're broke. But what we can do is we can rebuild this infrastructure. Americans working for Americans. We have the steel industry that we can pay to steal in Ohio, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, uh, in Kentucky, in Tennessee. Get these mills working to build infrastructure throughout this whole country. You have to specify where you're going to get the jobs. You have to talk to the people in these uh, states. Did he go to uh, Kentucky miners and talk to the Kentucky miners that uh, Mitch McConnell won't even talk to? Uh, They have, you know, not only in Michigan don't they have clean drinking water. They don't have clean drinking water in eastern Kentucky. Did you go into Kentucky and talk to these miners and say, we need this. We're the richest nation and this is an embarrassment. You have to focus on the individual person and how you are going to help them. You know, everything was uh, generalized. When he was asked a question in the town hall about taxes, he takes out a piece of paper in his, in his, uh, in his jacket. Say, I got a list here. What, that doesn't help anybody or any of the voters. You say, we need to rebuild this country. In order to do that, the corporations who use up the infrastructure the most, the roads, the bridges, the airports, the toll booths, the land, they take the people from our education system 
and our education system is deteriorating. It used to be the best in the world. Now it's one of the worst in the world. You know, we need tax money for that. They need to pay their taxes to put these Americans to work. You have to focus on that. And Biden and the Democratic Party need to come up with a plan in order to do that, in order to start turning these red voters to show that these Republicans. So when the Republicans, well, when the Republicans say we're not going to fill the judgeship up, you have to change that attitude also. What these red state voters think is that the judgeships are going to keep the homosexuals from getting married. They're going to keep uh, police are going to have control over these uh, the black cities who they think are looting and having crimes. You know, they don't think that, uh, no, what they're going to do, the, the corporations can move into their neighborhoods and take over their property, that the wages can be suppressed, that these judges are going to suppress their wages, that they can raise their costs, but their wages are going to be suppressed. You know, they don't look at that. And the Democrats got to say, listen, this is what these federal judges are going to do when the Republicans put the judges on in these seats. You have to change the rhetoric and don't let the Republicans dictate to them. This has got to be started planned now in January of 2021. This is what the this is what strategy is. This is what we have to focus on. And this is how you're going to take the reins of power away from Mitch McConnell because he's the little little American Stalin. He's going to rampart. He's he kills without even mercy. He has no feeling for his constituents, for this country, anybody. You have to take away the reins of power from them. But what are the chances of that? Well, we'll see when uh, Democrats pick new leadership. Joe Biden, you know, my uh, I do not have any optimism. A guy who's buddy-buddy in the Senate with a lot of these uh, senators, you know, and I think— uh, He's going to give way more. The Republicans don't give way for anything. Joe Biden has got to stand firm. And if he's got to make some enemies in the Senate, he's got to make some enemies in the Senate, Republican enemies. But uh, my gosh, we got uh, an uphill battle these two years. And the other thing is also, you have to start saying the people think that the Congress and government is just a disgrace. Well, the main reason for that, the number one reason for that is the Republican Party because they're so hell-bent on keeping corporations from paying their dues, from giving health care to, to Americans, for, uh, for all of this. They stop any kind of advancement the Democratic Party wants. So now we have to start saying, if you want to get anything done in government, you have to start voting Democrats straight across the board. Although it may be a little bit too late for that now because now you got the Republicans can can actually start blaming Democrats if they don't get rid of this coronavirus. You can start blaming Democrats if the Republicans keep infrastructure jobs from happening. They can say that the Democrats are no good for the uh, country in, in creating jobs. There has to be a strategy going in. There has to be a rhetoric. You've got to start changing the rules. And there has to be an attack on these Republicans. That's what the new Democratic leadership has got to do. Uh, this is uh, Adam Carr uh, 
signing off again for True Democrats. I thank you for listening and spending your time with me. Uh, check out my website, uh, truedemocratsusa.com. If you'd uh, like to contribute to the show, please uh, hit the contribute button here at uh, anchors.fm, True Democrats. We'd uh, appreciate it tremendously. And uh, let's uh, keep the faith. And until uh, next time, again, this is Adam Carr. Have a great day. And let's go Democrats. Thank you again.